Parenting and Parents on 702. Parenting and Parents time. Joining us is Beverly Milan. Thank you so much for joining us in studio. Thank you so much for having me. What made you want to deal with teenagers and dating and want them, want children to have great self esteem that you even wrote a book about it? Growing up without it. Mm. Very painful way to grow up. I was everything you would want your kid to be. Valedictorian, mm. best prefect, head girl, blah, mm. blah, 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 blah. All the colors, all the awards. Yes. Had no self-esteem. You'd expect wow. that kid to have huge self-esteem. Mm. I had none. Every time I was pursuing something, it was just to get, to feel like a little more, to feel yes. enough. But I didn't. Yes. So I think that a kid growing up without self-esteem esteem goes into the world in a very dangerous way, very vulnerable way. Can I ask if... The focus on achievement in households has a correlation to a child's self-esteem. Depending on how the focus is, I would say. If the focus is achieve because it means something to you, Mm. and this is a field in which you're interested, Mm. you're passionate, a child's a gymnast, for example, Mm. or a mathematician, or whatever it is they are, an artist, doesn't Mm. matter, and they're passionate about succeeding in it, and it means something amazing. Mm. When it's important to the parent, that is where the dichotomy comes in mm. and the danger comes in because we have an imbalance between what the child feels enough with and passionate and confident about pursuing and what the parent has an ex- as an expectation which mm. marks the child as enough for them. Mm. And we're born with a pretty well put together self-esteem and then it gets either built up, secured or eroded. Mm. And no one means to erode the self-esteem of their children. Mm. We don't mean to. I don't believe there's many truly people evil parents out there. Mm. I think for the most part, parents really want the best for their kids. The downside is how they navigate that relationship Mm. to get them there. So you, you know, being a parent yourself, um, what have you seen from other parents? And of course, in the work that you do, their attitudes are towards teenagers dating. I think there's a lot of insecurity in today's world. Because a lot of the the framework in which children um, and teenagers are dating is outside of the community mm. because we can do it online, mm. because we can reach out across huge boundaries and suddenly find someone that we think we're in love with mm. and they understand us and they get us and they, you know, they relate to us and suddenly you have a place you belong. Mm. And I think a lot for teenagers and adults, but from a teenager point of view, is wanting a place where you are special wanting a place where you are um, encouraged and wanting a place where you belong. So if Mm. we find that in the wrong hands and there's an ulterior motive or that person hasn't been interviewed enough to know that they're worthy of my attention, my heart and my affection, that can be a very dangerous thing. Mm. So it always comes down to self-esteem for me is how have we empowered our children to make good choices and take care of themselves? Mm. Because if we have, whether they're online or whether they are dating and meeting uh, kids in clubs or meeting through mates or meeting through school or wherever it is they're meeting, they're empowered because they're self-preserving. And that's the most important thing we can teach our children. I actually remember a woman sharing her story um, online and she was sharing that she has this very strict traditional Nigerian father living in the while living in the UK and she was sharing how when she decided to you know she was supposed to be somewhere but snuck off to go on a date with a boy and she basically got caught 
Um, and when she came back home after the parents sort of had an offline, they came back together and the father surprised her by saying, you know what? I'm going to allow you to date. And she was shocked. And he said, but I have one rule. You're not allowed to lie to me. And she said, she's so grateful that he presented that because now they have an open relationship. She could ask questions. Oh, he wants to do this. And the, the parents could give their input. Do you think that sometimes parents make the mistake of not leaving room for mistakes for life? And maybe that we easily forget what we were like as teenagers. Even though the dangers have changed, the, the part of life has not the part of desiring to be seen, to be heard by the person you're interested in, that doesn't just go away because no, your parents said no dating allowed. My line is people spill milk. I spill milk. I knocked over a huge mug of uh, hot chocolate the other day, yes. smashed it all over the kitchen floor. People make mistakes. Mm. People make errors with uh, things as tangible as a mug and they make it with their heart mm. and they make it with their life and opportunities. And mm. What I've always tried to do with my son um, is parent on purpose, mm. passionately parent on purpose. So before he was even born, I'd already made decisions about how I would parent a child mm. who would come into the world and leave my care and grooming and caring and guiding into his adulthood or her adulthood as a person with self-esteem. Mm. And I made very careful decisions all along the way. So... Every time I thought of saying something, I thought about, wait, how will this look in 10 years' time? I think every child needs therapy. It's just the depth that varies. I think that works the same for adults. But if we can manage how we grow our children and cultivate their self-preservation and their love of taking care of themselves, they make very different choices as they grow. So for a child growing up in the world, how do you get them to make good choices? Mm. You, and how do you get them to accept mistakes and allow mistakes? Teach them that mistakes are a part of life. Encourage them through their mistakes to not beat themselves up. You know what my observation is? Um, and I could be completely off base here. I'm not sitting with stats or anything. But my observation is almost like sometimes parents want to hold of certain things because they themselves are not ready to deal with it. It's almost like the day the, the child comes home and says, mommy, daddy, what is sex? What are the birds and bees? And then the parent is like, you're too young <laughs> because they're not ready to have the conversation, but the child is doing the thing they're supposed to do, which is go to your parent. So when it comes to dating, where do you think the mistake begins is it that the fact that the, you've already announced in the home that no child is allowed to date until you're done with varsity know this know this where do you think it begins because i feel like the part where there is no true open communication is sometimes where the error is sometimes the moment you say to a child don't you're saying to them do it <laughs> you're indirectly say well that's the danger you know <laughs> That's the danger. Because some kids naturally are not interested in dating. They just want to focus on their studies. But now here come you saying, don't you dare ever think right. about dating. Then and this then child's like, hmm. You're throwing me. a spanner yes. in the works of the child <laughs> making choices. I get that. I think that a lot of what happens today is that children don't come to their parents because the parents didn't cultivate that space in which they could have mm. conversations about anything. So it's, that starts at word go, not when a child's a teenager. 
You can't tell a teenager, you can talk to me. And they've never had an open conversation with you, but now you want the connection. That connection starts from very young. If you want the connection with a teenager, but you've never cultivated it, well, then I call this process beginning again. It's like, I am so sorry I have given you the impression that I wasn't a safe place for you to come and bring your errors, choices, judgments, and mistakes. You are safe with me. I only love you, and I only want the best for you. And please forgive me for giving you the impression that you couldn't bring things to me. You're safe with me. No matter what happens to you in the world, no matter what you do to others, what gets done to you, get back to me. We'll work it out. We can always begin again. So if we don't have that facility with our children, which many parents tell me that, you know, but I never did this. Okay, begin again. Mm. Start again. It's never too late. No, but it has to come with the humility of acknowledging I have not set this up between us, and I should have, and I'm sorry. Mm. Can we begin again? Can you bring trust to me when I bring love to you without mm. judgment? I also think, though, in fairness to the parents, sometimes the reason they are caught off guard is because things happen a lot faster now, you know, back in the day. Much faster. Because I, th- I feel like as a parent, you'll be like, oh, we'll only have to deal with this when they're 15, 16. And then I have a friend, I mean, he, he told me he nearly fell off his chair when his 12-year-old son said, Dad, can I ask a question? He said, yes. said, how can I buy condoms if I'm not allowed to go buy condoms? And his dad wanted to die. <laughs> but he had to hold himself back to say, okay, talk to me. Why do you want to buy condoms? This is 12 years old. You don't think those conversations are happening. But he had to say, what's my priority here? It's... I can't condemn. I first, let me hear the guy out. They had a conversation. Now he's a responsible, you know, older teenager. Responsible way to parent. Him and his dad have that open, but he said to me he wanted to die. He said, I thought I had a few more years, but that was a beautiful opportunity for him to say, let me not judge or condemn you, even though you want to say, what are you thinking? Needing that. Exactly. Right now at 12. But he had, okay, cool, talk to me. And then he was saying, you know, there's pressure. Other kids are talking about it. Now it's like, as a guy, you have to always have one on you in case. And the dad had to be like, but is that, are those the circumstances you want to? And had to speak to him about consent and had to speak to, but not everybody gets that right. So where would you say one can begin? You've touched on the beginning again. Say, I'm sorry. I didn't. Uh, I have created a space that didn't feel safe for you. Let's do a do-over. If now you're doing the do-over, how do you ease them into it? Because you can't suddenly be like, okay, are you talking to boys? You know, you gotta, <laughs> you can't all of a sudden now tell me everything. Well, I would literally say to my child if I was in that position, mm-hmm. which I'm gratefully not, test me. Mm. Bring something to me, test me. See that you can feel safe. Because trust comes from a decision to allow myself to be vulnerable with you. Mm. That's trust. I'm trusting you to care for me. I'm trusting you not to hurt or harm me. I'm trusting I'm safe with you. Trust is a decision. But it is built up and made stronger where you can go, no, I know they wouldn't do that because I trust them. Mm. But it can be destroyed very quickly when something hurts and feels vulnerable and you feel let down or disappointed. Well, where's trust then? Also, when, you know, adults have this thing of sharing their kids' secrets and not 
respecting their privacy. It's so hard, right? Because you right? feel so validated. My kid shared something with me that's so private. I'm going to tell everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is not the opportunity. And then the aunt to just disclose. mentioning it, and yes. then somebody else. And then the kid's like, "Hold on one second. How did they find out? You yeah. are the only person I told. Now I can't trust you." And you've blown it. It's a hard decision to parent on purpose. And today you're right to speak back to what you said earlier. It is all happening so fast. When it was 30, 40 years ago, um, when people, kids were standing around in the, the playground talking, it was all based on what each other knew or their older mm. cousins or siblings knew. And that about wrapped it up. Now it's like, pull out your phone. Let's ask doctor you know network platform let's let's ask whoever's out there my best friend dr google you know like let's see what they say mm. and the danger of that is that those voices don't necessarily have your child's best interests at heart they don't necessarily have the preservation of your child at heart and if we haven't cultivated the relationship between parent and child mm. and parent can be any person who is mentoring and caring for a child it's not just the person who biologically is attached to the mm. child. It doesn't matter if it's the aunt, the uncle, the cousin, the grandparent. It doesn't matter who it is, a foster home. Whoever is caring for that child is parenting them. Mm. And parenting with passion and on purpose means I make a safe space for this child to find their strength in the world, mm. make good choices, take care of themselves, become self-preserving so that in any forum they're safe. In dating, they're safe because they interview people. They don't just integrate them into their lives and let go of their friends and oh. suddenly that person's everyone. They interview people. Oh, is this person worthy of being in my life? Do mm. I feel safe with them, comfortable? Are they encouraging of me? Are they condemning? Do I feel judged? Mm. Do I feel like I can have joy with this person? Am I, am I going to thrive here? Mm. And does the other person feel like they're thriving? Like this is how we live with self-esteem. And if you're teaching that to your child and they have a safe space to come and talk to you and bring questions and you can say, I won't know everything. But before you go to, you know, Bing or Google or anyone else, come to me and let's try and work it out. Mm. I have your best interests at heart. And the best thing that I loved that my friend shared with me is when he said, you know, I'm going to provide you with what I know and some information, but ultimately actions have consequences and they must be yours to own. And I think it empowered his son a little bit to feel like, wow, like, okay, I, no one's condemning, don't do this, don't do this, which is such a difficult thing to deal with. And I mean, we've got a voice note, which I think reflects a certain view that many parents have. Hey, this is Kevin from Tutuza. Um, I'll just be honest. I don't allow my chance to date. Simple. What do you know about dating? Are you prepared to meet the complications that come with dating? You understand? So if I see you with a girl or I see you with someone's daughter, we have a problem. You have to leave immediately. Then later on, when we are having dinner or when we are having lunch, we will talk about this. We are definitely going to talk about this, that... If it happens that you complicate this child, are you prepared to meet those demands? I don't allow them. Even with my sisters, they know when they had boyfriends, they would hide them from me because I don't take nonsense. They will tell you straight, my brother is coming now. I have to leave. So that's how I do things. I want someone to be responsible. If you are dating, know that you are going to be responsible. Sharp, this is given from Tutus. Thank you, Given. My, my only question, Given... And to all the parents who 
you're in your cars, you're in your offices, you're at home going, yes, here's my only question. I mean, statistics have shown if the only thing you teach is abstinence, you're more likely to have pregnancies and STIs and HIV transmissions. Why? Because you did not empower the child with information. You only gave them the one option, which is it's not allowed. So now you don't empower them with the tips and tricks and things that you're sitting with because it's become banned. So now here's the question. When that child decides to date, because best believe teenagers will do what they want to do. You have not prepared them. Now, when they are heartbroken or pregnant, it's still going to fall on you as the parent. And then what? And you've got to remember that hormones are the heroes they follow. So what do they, they call it? Adoli. And you don't underestimate adolescents. Why? There are couples who are married for years that started dating when they were in high school. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. What do you say to the parents who like this say it's not allowed? I don't want to see it. I don't want to hear about it. It's not allowed. It comes back to the same thing. If you have only rigidity, it's my way or the highway. And a child can't navigate that highway because they don't fit into it. And they want to explore. What have you empowered them with? Nothing. If you teach them how to navigate the world and you teach them how to navigate their world and how to keep themselves safe and how to trust their intuition, when it doesn't feel good, trust that. When you're not comfortable, trust that. Make different choices. I've been saying to my son since he was the tiniest thing, whenever I leave him or he goes out, make good choices, take care of you. So in I think the other thing that I would say to the givens out there and all of the parents out there, of course you want to protect your children. That, that is a given. Excuse the pun. It's there. a given for it's a given, given, right? 100%. But I also always come back to what kind of a relationship do you want to have with your child? Not just today, while they're teenagers and maybe you are implementing the hierarchy in your household. Even when you are now in your last chapter of life and they are adults, what kind of relationship do you want to have with your children? Because there's a generation of elder folks who are crying that they don't even see their grandchildren, that their children have got no contact, all of these things because of things that happen in their childhood. And it isn't just about dating, but the kind of environment and space you have created because there will be adults one day that can actually say actually i don't really like you and i might not want you in my life like that and what if you haven't cultivated a relationship where the kid comes to you and feels safe with you and can learn with you and grow with you if they're gonna want to grow up children want to learn they're curious Mm. and if you're not going to be a platform for them to learn and share learning with they're going to look for it elsewhere. Mm. So if you're not the one mentoring them and you're not the one growing them up alongside them as mm. a partner in their development, they will find other partners. Then you make yourself redundant. Yes, you contributed to their existence, but what have you done to cultivate them feeling rooted and grounded and healthy in that space and that relationship? Um, one WhatsApp message says, good afternoon, falling in love is natural. We must just not run away with information. We must face our kids and educate them. Dating is part of their growing. I think I also think that the biggest concern is 
we automatically think dating equals sexual intimacy. But some kids genuinely are innocently dating. Can you maybe share a safe way that we can support? I don't want to say encourage, support. For example, you know, this particular woman I was referring to, the dad said, you're not allowed to lie to us. So what would they do? They would drop her off on her date or chaperone the date. Where it's wow. like, cool, you want to go to the movies? Cool. One of our parents will be there. We want to meet his parents so we know who you're with and that you're safe. They would sit at the back of the movies or walk around the mall till the movies are over. So there are ways that you can still be involved and not be meddling and give them space and still make sure that they are protected. And also in that kind of scenario, you're showing your child how important they are to you without completely cutting off their oxygen supply. Mm. So they can still explore the world, explore their feelings, have met someone, want to connect with them, etc. And not feel like, well, one, you're not allowed to do it. Or two, you can only do it on these terms and I'm going to be right there behind you. <laughs> but at least there's a way for them to go out there in the world and go, you know, my parents really care and that's why they're hanging around because today I could have met you anywhere. Today you could have come from social media, you could have come from a chat room, you could have come from anywhere. And how would we even know you're a safe bet for mm. me to trust myself with? I am important enough and precious enough not to risk. That's Mm. something I've always told my son. You're too precious to risk. And I'm going to make choices that you won't always like because you're too precious to risk. I would even add, if as a parent you think my child would never, thank goodness I don't have these problems. There's no such thing. There's no such. Listen, teenagers, they will show you things. And they become emboldened and braver because they reflect off everyone else in social media who is also feeling emboldened and brave because of their interactions with everyone on social media. And it's very easy to be brave on social media. It is a lot harder to be brave standing in front of someone else and using your words and communicating. Where can we get your book? It is being relaunched right now on Take A Lot and it should be um, sorted out by the end of this week. So it'll be totally available there, the Survival Guide to Parenthood. Thank you so, so much, Bev, for coming to chat to us. Thank you for having me.